In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Good morning. On today's Get Ready for the Future show, it's not only the money you make, but the money you save. Avoiding costly penalties that can make a huge difference in your overall financial health. Plus, a market update with LPL Chief Market Strategist, Ryan Dietrich. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And we welcome you into another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. My name is Scott Inman. Pleased to be joined this morning once again by John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker. Good morning to you both. Morning. Good morning. We're going to be talking penalties on today's show. We're also I, I don't like penalties. I, I don't need any penalties. Let's just skip no. them all. Can I, can I leave? Okay. No, yeah. Penalty. Well, you know, it, it, I, as I saw this as our theme this week, I thought, well, we could have saved this till football season. That's what I yeah. think of. I think when you think of throwing the flag, right? Yeah, right. It, it, yep. The false starts and all the football penalties. But then I thought, well, you know, here's how I can relate it to my sports analogy for this topic and our jumping off point today. My uh, daughters just finished their high school careers in soccer yeah soccer season yes. just just uh just spectacular careers as a matter of fact they yeah thank you they did have, they're, <laughs> they're very very talented and they're not finished playing soccer they will be playing college soccer as well so i'm looking forward to those games but when you think about how a penalty affects a soccer game yeah it can make the difference in the game because yeah. where it shows up most costly is if you trip a player or you or you foul a player in what is called the penalty box that player is awarded a penalty kick, and more often than not, they're going to hit that kick. And when mm-hmm. you think about uh, one goal being the difference, our, my daughter's played one, uh, five one-to-nothing games this year. Yeah, and They won four of them, but they had five one-to-nothing games. One goal can make the difference in a soccer game, and if it comes down to because of a penalty, think about how costly it is for the team that commits the foul. Yeah. So one penalty can make a difference. So there's my soccer analogy since it's not football season. I knew you would be there if it was football season for us. Uh, yeah, absolutely, definitely so. And <laughs> and the um, I'm really glad that that most of the penalties in the financial world are not that of that magnitude. Yeah. yeah, because most of the time it's a it's a penalty because you missed something or you didn't do something that you were supposed to do or you did something quicker than you were supposed to do and. I think it, it. I would suffice to say it's probably a little more than a nuisance, but it is not devastating to somebody's financial it's future. Re- it's recoverable. Yeah, right. it yeah. is. It definitely is. But having, I think, the plan and the financial advisor creates the value to to know uh, ahead of time to not commit those penalties, not incur those penalties, not make those mistakes. And I think so often. We talk about it on this show all the time that clients are focused on the investments and many advisors are as well. And they're focused on the rate of return. How much money are they going to, as I said in the open, how much am I going to gain? What are my what are my growth perspectives here? And that is very important. But sometimes it's the money you avoid having to spend on penalties that can make a difference in your overall health. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think we can start with Social Security yeah. about that because there are lots of of penalties, if you will. There's a, there is one major penalty in Social Security if you're still working and you draw Social Security prior to your full retirement age. There is a penalty that they basically take back some of the money that you were uh, being given with Social Security if you make over about eighteen or $19,000 right. a year. And so that is a penalty. But there's also a bit of a penalty if you claim Social Security early, because when you claim early, uh, there is this full retirement age is 66, 66 in a few months or 67 uh, as your full retirement age benefit. And let's just say that's $2,000. But if you claim earlier than that full retirement age, you're going to get less than $2,000. And Janet, you don't get less until you get to full retirement age. You get right. less from now on. Yeah, it's a 25, as much as a 25% reduction, depending on when your full retirement age is. So if you're looking at a, a $2,000 full retirement age benefit, 
benefit. You're looking at instead now a $1,500 benefit. And the challenge is that the cost of living adjustment over the years from the time that you claim moving forward, that cost of living adjustment is going to be calculated off of that smaller amount rather than off of the the larger amount that you could have had by delaying your benefit. But guys, let's circle back to the full retirement age. And we've actually got, for those of you who are joining us on social media, we actually have a chart we're going to share with you about full retirement age and when that might hit for you. Because a lot of people are confused because their buddy told them their full retirement age is 67 and their their spouse told them theirs is 66. And they're confused about where this comes from. So if you were born between 1943 and 54, your full retirement age is 66. If you were born 1960 or later, your full retirement age is 67. Then there, in between age 66 and 67, all the other years before between those from 1955 to 1959, those go in two-month increments. So it's 66 and two months, 66 and four months, etc. So that's when your full retirement is. It's based age is. It's based on your year of, of birth. And I think that, you know, that's obviously confusion enough. But then when you begin to think about, okay, if I claim my uh, retirement early from Social Security and then I violate the penalty, now Mm -hmm. I'm really getting hit because I'm not getting as much as I thought I was going to get. And I'm not getting all of that benefit as well. By the way, we uh, had a great Social Security workshop last night online, uh, Mm -hmm. and there is a a link in our show notes today. If you uh, go in the comments on on our Facebook Live feed, you can actually uh, click on that link and watch uh, the Social Security uh, webinar that we did just last night here at the Get Ready for the Future show. Yeah, and I think it's important important to point out as well that when you claim your Social Security security benefit greatly depends on your unique situation too. I don't think, uh, I want to make sure people aren't hearing that you definitely want to always delay it and get get the biggest benefit. Sometimes it's going to make sense to do it a little differently. And I think of when we're working with couples too, having a cohesive strategy with both benefits is vital to your overall plan as well. Scott, uh, if you think about your money that you have in your 401k, your IRA, whatever uh, vehicle that you're using for your retirement, you think about that money and it will only last you so long. But when you add a social security claiming strategy to your overall retirement program, What that has the effect of doing is elongating the time that your money will last you because that's money that you're not having to spend out of your account. Now, some of that depends, the timing depends on how much money you have. It also depends on a lot of things like uh, what age you are, what uh, what health situation you are, whether you have good genes in your family, and that's the G-E-N-E, yeah. not the J-E-A-Ns. But uh, the, the, the lifetime value of Social Security is uh, as much as a million dollars. And when you think yeah. about it in that term, you're going, hey, that'll like make my money last a lot longer. It, it really can have a tremendous impact. Another penalty that we want to be aware of in terms of government benefits uh, when you hit retirement age is Medicare. Uh, and there's there's a few different ones to look at here. Uh, late enrollment for Medicare can be a problem. And if you don't enroll during the time period that, that you were supposed to, it's not a one-time penalty. It is a lifetime penalty for the rest of your life. Your Medicare premiums will be higher than what they would have been otherwise. And that penalty changes. It increases with every month that you're outside of the enrollment period. So that's that's one for sure that you need to be aware of. And, and that can actually apply to Part A, Part B, and Part D. Yes. And so there's separate penalties on, on all of that. And if you're already collecting Social Security, either retirement or disability benefits, you will automatically in, be enrolled in Parts A, in Part A that is, the Part B premium uh, will be uh, something that is deducted from your Social Security check, but you have to file for that in order to, and you have to file on time, or there is a permanent penalty that applies to your Social Security. 
Guys, there's one more on Medicare that a lot of people just don't expect, and that is relative to how much you make. Uh, and they, they're going to do a two-year look back on your earnings when you get into paying Medicare premiums. And if you're above a certain threshold, then and there are a few different tiers, but if you're above a certain threshold of income, then your premiums are going to step up. Now, if that's a one-time anomaly that you're in that higher income earning range, like we've had some people who maybe sold some timbers, so it's not like they always have that income level they did just that year, then you can usually go through a process and get that premium back down where it would normally be. But there's definitely a penalty uh, for making too much money, basically. And and there's also a, a tax penalty, if you will, uh, when you have an occasion like that, because you can really get bit on your Social Security taxes. Right. Meaning that, that Social Security has this graded uh, level of, of taxation. It's either zero or 50% of your Social Security benefit is taxed or 85% of it is taxed. And so you could be humming along in zero tax bracket on Social right. Security and have an event like that where you have this big one-time influx of money and then all of a sudden that year your social security is taxed at 85% and that really does create some uh, consternation some problems with folks when you're looking at how social security is actually taxed now you mentioned john that if you're already collecting social security either retirement or disability benefits you'd automatically be enrolled in parts a and b if you are still working and receive coverage from your employer you can tell medicare that you've already you're already covered under an employer sponsored plan and that would save you from having to pay an enrollment penalty, but also it uh, does not require you to pay the Part B monthly benefit. So it's best to stay on your employer-sponsored plan if you're going to be working past uh, the initial eligibility dates. The initial enrollment period, by the way, normally begins three months before the month you turn 65. It includes the month you turn 65 and ends three months after the month you turn 65. Could they make it a little bit more confusing, please? <laughs> yeah. yes. Seven-month window. Yes. Yeah. And, and just he, say it that way. Yeah. And, and here's the thing that I, I really have a problem with, with what we've done with almost everything, retirement, yeah. Social Security, Medicare, everything. It is so complex that you need somebody to come alongside you that is very objective and help you to walk <laughs> through this. Because all that complexity is coming into play at a time when you're looking at retirement, you're older, your your cognitive ability isn't what it was when you were 20 or 30 years old. And so those things are very concerning uh, to me as a financial advisor as we sit down with our clients. And I, I really want to be sure that they are walking through all of those steps accurately because as a, as an example part b the penalty is 10% for each 12 month period that you should have been enrolled so <laughs> if your medicare premium is $148 and you don't file for part b on time then that's an extra $14.80 right. for the rest of your life that they're going to charge you for that. I'm not sure what the philosophy is behind that, why they did it, other than just to encourage people to get on when they're supposed to get on. But it's to me, it's just mind-boggling how complex all of this has become. You know, I think, too, when we sit with clients and talk about all these things, you know, it's, it is eye-opening for them in many cases to even think about their Social Security benefit being taxed. Yes. Uh, yes. So then you add the idea that the government is going to pen or potentially penalize you if you don't make the decisions in the right order or the right time. I, because you talked about going into retirement and the complexity of it all. I think the mindset is I've been paying Medicare tax and Social Security tax all my life, and now I'm going to get to enjoy the benefits of it, right? right. And there are many, many stumbling blocks ahead uh, when you're making those decisions. And once you're in those decisions, uh, you're going to be paying those penalties for a long time. So I think it those are those are things that we cover in the ready to retire process here at Gen Wealth. It's more than just investments. It is more than just investments. You've got to look at all this that we've been talking about this morning. Uh, there is really a lot involved in it in terms of long term care planning and getting down to you know what your budget looks mm -hmm. like in retirement. There is a lot involved in the ready to retire process. And Janet, I think that's why a lot of people are are actually calling us and saying, "Hey, I'm headed to retirement. This looks like you know." 
as I like to say, the deep, dark woods. And I don't have a light. I need a light. I need a guide. I need somebody to help me get through this process. And that's what the ready to retire process is all about. So what is the plan? The best defense against unwanted penalties is a robust, personalized financial plan and a trusted advisor to help you on your journey to and through retirement. That's how you'll begin walking down the ready-to-retire process, you can call us toll-free at 866-653-PLAN to find out more, 866-653-7526 to get started uh, building your personalized financial plan. We're just getting started on today's Get Ready for the Future show. We're talking about penalties. Uh, Avoiding penalties can make a big difference in your financial future, and we're going to step aside and talk markets next with LTL Chief Market Strategist Ryan Dietrich back in a moment. Record-setting earnings and inflation worries. Just a couple of topics that John had the chance to chat about with LPL Chief Market Strategist Ryan Dietrich earlier in the week. Here now is that interview. Ryan, I have to tell you, we're a little disappointed here at the Get Ready for the Future show uh, about your last LPL Street View video. You did it on this subject called, What's It Like to Go on CNBC? We're kind of offended that you didn't do it about, What's It Like to Go on the Get Ready for the Future show? What's the deal, dude? Yeah, um, I messed up. Can you? I, I just there's no other way to say it. I I, I messed up. I shouldn't have done it. I, okay. You know, I like I said. I think uh, you guys appreciate when I come on. I think when I go on CBC, I'm just like another piece of meat, right? The next guy. So maybe next time I'll I'll do it right next time. Well, let's, yeah, let's leave it at that. We're going to give you a pass on that, and we'll get on to more important things today. But just know that that we're going to be watching. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the economy and the markets. We are wrapping up a record earnings season, and it appears there isn't much for the economy to get in the way of, or or to get in the way of the economy, I should say. But there appears to be plenty to be concerned about in terms of stock prices, at least on the near term, given the most recent volatility that we've had. What are your thoughts about where we are? Yeah, John, you're right. You know, let's talk about first quarter earnings for a second. Like you said, it's pretty much over this week. Um, when you know, I think when we spoke a month ago, we said you know earnings might be up about 25% or so was what the uh, analysts were expecting. First quarter earnings are coming in at 50% year over year. Just truly amazing. Like 87% of companies beat. I mean, it's truly almost mind-boggling, if you will, at how strong earnings were. But it's funny thing about that, right? Everybody knew earnings were going to be pretty strong, right? The manufacturing data has been strong. Services data has been strong. A lot of that's priced in. If you said, you know, what's my biggest worry right now? It's that we're aware of how good things are, how strong the second half of the year the economy should be. Remember last year, stocks rallied like mad in the face of a really bad economy. This year, we've got a really good economy, and we we think stocks will keep rallying, but maybe that bar is set extremely high, and um, maybe one of these days we might miss it. You know, the jobs number recently wasn't that strong. Retail sales number missed by a little bit. So there's some hiccups potentially there, and that's the one thing that has me is everyone expects good news, and when everyone agrees on something, maybe it might go the other way. So one of the things that could go the other way is this whole concern about inflation. We're, we're really uh, seeing prices tick up pretty dramatically in real estate, pretty dramatically in uh, in consumer goods and in, in uh, just materials, things like copper, things like uh, uh, lumber, and, and all of those things are very evident if you're buying a house or you're building a house or something like that. What are your thoughts about inflation and where this actually could go? Is this going to be a long-term problem or a short-term problem? Yeah, John, you mentioned lumber there for a second. Lumber recently was up 400% from the lows of a year ago. It sold off a little bit, but just truly amazing at some of these industrial metals and and the grains and lumber, the, the movements that we've seen. Now, our base case is this. We think it's more of a short-term blip. Because let's be honest. So the CPI data came out a week ago, came in way more than anyone expected. And we know inflation is going to be there. One of the things we talked about in the LPL research was this. A year ago, right, we had disinflation, right? We had negative CPI three months in a row. So things were terrible. So it's called the base effect. You knew you were going to have higher numbers. This is how terrible things were. Now, it even came in a little hot. But where was the inflation coming from? You know, if you take a look, it was coming from, like, used cars. It was coming from, like, insurance. It was coming from airplane tickets. It was coming from sporting goods, all right? The things that we weren't doing a year ago, it's almost like the – the um CPI said, hey, we're reopening faster than everybody thought. Rents, which are a huge part of CPI, was up only 0.2%, kind of right as expected. But the truth is, with all the stimulus that's happening, with the reopening, with all of a sudden kind of a tightening uh, labor market, people are finding trouble finding qualified workers. 
all of the, and the supply chain issues that you kind of hinted at, all those things are contributing to a little bit more inflation next several months. But, you know, it's kind of like show me, right? I want to see, we want to see more inflation stick over the coming months, not just a one month blip. And um, the, the reality of LP Research is this, said it for a while, with all the technology that's out there, uh, well, let's word it like this. There's some big overlaying things that are out there that have kept inflation, a little inflation for the last 10 years. Things like demographics, uh, things like technology, uh, productivity. You know, John, if you have a lot of debt, a lot of debt like we do have, honestly, is more deflationary. So there's some big picture things in play that we still think, you know, maybe next two to three months, going to have some more inflation. But the second half of this year, fourth quarter of this year, it's going to come back in because those big reasons that have held inflation low for a long time are still in play. Ryan, there's never anything that is really steadily consistent in the investment world. And and I know just a few months ago, you guys were pretty negative about uh, international developed stocks. Mm-hmm. Now you're beginning to kind of change your tune a little bit. What's behind that? Yeah. You know, I don't even know if it was recently. I've been with LPL for five years. <laughs> for five years, we've been underweight, developed international, specifically Europe. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we'll call it the last three or four months, we are seeing some baby steps in the right direction here. You know, just for for instance, I mean, the, the you look at yields, right? Yields in Europe are finally starting to go higher. The German boom, 10-year yield, it's still negative, but it's, it's starting to go higher as well. So what's that tell you? Well, maybe something's changing, right? Maybe the economy is improving in Europe finally. We know that headlines, the COVID issues, the demographics, those are still there. But under the surface, you know, we talked about earnings, right? European earnings have been really strong. You know what's really cheap? European stocks. Now, honestly, because they haven't been all that great for a long time, they had some earnings, so their P multiples are a little, little lower. But again, we're not ready to just go overweight developed international. But we are absolutely, John, for honestly, the first time in the five years I've been here, seeing things are saying, you know what, maybe we finally want to take a stab at some of these uh, developed international, specifically EFA, like we call it, the lingo we like to use. And, and again, we're thinking Europe specifically. And, you know, put a bow on this, the European financial bank stocks, which have done terrible for about as long as I can remember, all of a sudden this year are doing really good. So having some good earnings, yields are going higher, starting to outperform. Something is happening different than what we've seen in a long time. And when those European financial stocks are starting to lead like they are, that's something we're going to listen to. And again, we're, we're working on a mid-year outlook as we speak. Uh, we kind of wrote the first drafts, honestly, this week. Um, you know, We're seeing some positive things there in Europe for the first time in a long time. And it's something we might be upgrading Europe on, you know, in the near future, but we finally see some good signs, which is a great thing. We're talking with Chief Market Strategist Ryan Dietrich from LPL Financial uh, on the Get Ready for the Future show. And Ryan, as uh, we sit here today, uh, you know, our listeners may not really uh, chime in on this uh, in any great degree, but there is always this little tug of war going on between the economy and the Fed. Uh, the, the Fed doesn't want the economy to be too hot, but they don't want it to be too cold either. So just recently, Janet Yellen said that, you know, uh, with inflation and, and the bond market interest rates moving upward, that she said that, that we may have to raise interest rates sooner than later in order to right. slow down the economy. That gives chills to somebody who's an equity investor like myself. I'm not, I'm not real sure I want the Fed uh, jumping into the middle of the party right now. What do you think? Oh, you're right. And that's the big thing, right? Because if we start to see more, the thing that people say is, is the Fed behind the eight ball? What I mean by that is if inflation starts to creep up, the Fed has said inflation is transitory. It's one of those weird words you don't use unless you're studying for the SAT. Transitory just means a near-term blip, then you're going to get back to trend. So the Fed is saying, kind of what I just said about inflation, it's a near-term problem, but it's not a long-term problem. So the Fed is not going to hike rates. If the Fed's behind the eight ball, and inflation does become more of a problem. Like a lot of others, really smart, Larry Summers, for instance, really smart guy, there's some smart people that are saying it's gonna become an issue, you're behind the eight ball. Then the Fed has to hike rates just that much sooner. Now the Fed has been very clear, they're not gonna hike rates probably until like 2023 or even 2024. Two Tuesdays ago, I think I think it was with the Atlantic, um, Janet Yellen doing a webinar, kind of like we're doing right now, and she kind of implied maybe we're going to have to hike rates sooner. Market didn't like that. Market had a big sell-off. By 4 o'clock that day, she does a webinar with Wall Street Journal, and she walked it back. My personal opinion, and she's kind of saying what she's thinking in that, listen, you're, you're probably going to have to hike rates sooner than 2023 or 2024. After last week's inflation data, um, euro dollar futures, getting a little geeky, but it's kind of what, what people are betting on. 
80% chance of at least one Fed rate hike in 2022, and it would be later in 2022. But that's kind of where we are. And it's there are people digging their heels in, John, on each side of this. It's going to be a fascinating story and result if we have massive inflation or if we don't, who was right and who was wrong. Um, but, you know, Janet Yellen, when she said that, markets reacted and they sold off. So that tells you what the market is thinking there. So let's switch to the labor market for just a second, because mm-hmm. a few days ago, Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson did away with the extra unemployment payments that people have been getting uh, as displaced workers, saying that we need to get folks back to work. What's your opinion about this, Ryan? Do you think that uh, the extra unemployment benefits have created uh, a, a lot of pressure in the job market because people actually are getting paid pretty well to stay home? You know, we do, right? Um, you know, uh, I forget who it was. The Co- Chamber of Commerce did a study. One in four people are, that, are, that are staying home are actually making more money now because of what the government's paying them. So you're almost paying people to stay home, and why would you work if you make more money? You know, it's, it's not just Arkansas. Recently, 17 states have either ended it or are looking to end those extra benefits for the exact reasons we're talking about. The big monthly jobs number recently was supposed to come in at a million, came in at 266,000, way below. And everyone's looking around like, what's going on? There's other factors, right? COVID is still there. People aren't safe putting their kids to school. People have to stay home because their kids are still at school. But the other one that's out there is clearly a lot of people don't want to work because they're making more money, right? And that's that's the truth. There's a it's not never that simple, but that is absolutely out there. So we do think you know it's ending. And honestly, I think September, like all those benefits are supposed to end. Some of the states are ending them sooner, so it's going to end. That should help the labor force. People come back into the services services group specifically. But it's a um, we had to help people a year ago, but I think it's time maybe people need to get back to work. Okay, we've got about a minute and a half left on the Get Ready for the Future show segment today with Ryan Dietrich, the chief market strategist from LPL Financial. Ryan, what allocation changes in light of all this stuff that's going on? What are you guys doing at LPL Research in the portfolios that our clients are using? What changes are you making to adapt to this? Yeah, you know, one, we just had a uh, two-hour meeting just before this call. And, you know, remember last year I said we like growth over value. Earlier this year I said we're about 50-50 growth value. Now, John, we're starting to tilt just slightly to value. You think about value, value does better when the economy starts opening up. Value stocks, your financials, your industrials, your materials, those all do better when the economy comes back. Higher yields, we talked about that a little bit ago. That helps financial stocks. So that's one of the big changes um, uh, that we've made in the, in the fixed income world, we still think probably higher rates are coming, so we're a little underweight fixed income, but the equity world, we're tilting a little more toward value now. We think that's the way to go the second half of this year. Are you thinking that the recent uh, volatility has anything to do with selling May and go away, or have you kind of put that myth down? Yeah, you know, I mean, everyone likes to talk about sell and make away. I said you should call it sell in June because that's when the weakness usually starts. Eight of the last 10 years, those worst six months of the year were actually higher. So I'm not too concerned about sell and may go away. After an 89% rally in the S&P, more in small caps, more than the NASDAQ, maybe it's just time for a normal summer kind of a little, little pullback, a little consolidation. I mean, that'd be normal after an 89% rally. We've been pretty spoiled. So we might have a little bit of a break ahead of us, but I don't. I wouldn't blame sell and may. It's just maybe the market needs to catch it breath. Always a pleasure. Ryan Dietrich from LPL Financial, our partners here at GenWealth Financial Advisors. We thank you for joining us today. Thank you, John. Always a pleasure to talk with Ryan. Our thanks for him taking the time. The Get Ready for the Future show jumps back into avoiding the penalties that can make a difference in your financial future right after this. Scott Inman, along with John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker, welcome back to the Get Ready for the Future show, talking today about avoiding costly penalties that can make a huge difference in your overall financial health. do want to take a moment again to thank Ryan Dietrich, uh, LPL's chief market strategist, for joining us on today's show to talk markets. He does that about once per month, so you can always catch him uh, on the Get Ready for the Future show from time to time. But we also talk markets on the fastest four minutes in finance, and we use LPL's research to guide us in many occasions. In this week's fastest four minutes in finance, we're talking about inflation. John and Ryan talked it over a little bit in the last segment. We're going to dive a little deeper in the fastest four. If you haven't signed up for that, that's the only way you can get it these days. You can go to fastestfour.com and sign up, or it's even simpler to just text the word FAST to 501 501- 381-5228. This is a segment that used to be on the Get Ready for the Future show. It was needed because of uh, we had two radio affiliates and they had different formats and we needed an extra four minutes on one of them. So that's kind of how it developed. But now uh, we don't have to do that anymore for the radio program, but we didn't want to stop that uh, 
that segment and that feature on our on our content. So we continue to do it, but you just get it delivered direct, right to your email inbox. So it's and, pretty easy. And Scott, you do a great job with yeah. that every week. Uh, it's probably some of the most valuable content that we put out here at Genwell. So you definitely want to uh, go to the uh, just simply text FAST to 501-381-5228. We'll get you signed up. We'll need to get your email address uh, so that can be delivered every week to your inbox. It comes out, I think it's, uh, it's on, on Friday mornings. Friday morning. Friday morning, yep. Friday morning. Just yep. in time for the weekend. And we, we promise to do it in four minutes or less. This yes. week's only was about three minutes. So we, we know it's hard to lock in for, <laughs> for a very long amount of time, especially on the weekend. So it doesn't take much of your time. And hopefully you'll learn something. So yeah. uh, good segment there to, to be a part of. In our segment today, we're moving into the next topic on avoiding penalties that can uh, make a big difference in your financial health. We talked about Social Security decisions and Medicare decisions and how making the wrong ones can uh, can cost you because of penalties. There's another penalty here out here that uh, doesn't come into play too often but could is you have to really be aware of how much money you can contribute to your retirement account. So let's dive into that. Obviously, uh, people have access in many cases to 401ks, 403bs, their employer-sponsored plans. Those have contribution limits. We're talking specifically in this segment about traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs. Those have contribution limits, John, and it's and we, we're going to walk through not just the, the overall limit, but how those limits work in your personal situation. Yeah, so there is an excess contribution limit for IRAs. And I have to believe that that where this really does come into play oftentimes is when you are in an upper income bracket, there is a phase out for how much you can contribute to an IRA. And I think that that phase out is where we get really hung with some excess contribution issues from time to time. I think there's also people who just don't understand some of the distinctions, like you can't fully contribute to a traditional IRA and fully contribute to a Roth IRA. We've seen people do that. And also just the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing. If you're working with more than one advisor, we've seen people max out their contributions in one place and max them out in another. And that's definitely something the IRS is going to see on your tax returns, and you can't do that. So when you talk about the penalty on this, you're looking at a 6% penalty on the excess contribution that you've you've made to either your traditional or your Roth IRA, and that's, that's going to last until you pay that, until you take that contribution back. So that so 6% that penalty is there. Every year. Yeah. If, you, if you miss it, there's another 6% penalty next year. For right, you. right. Let's talk about how some people divide this up. You could either fully contribute to a traditional IRA or fully contribute to a Roth, or you could split it. And it doesn't really matter. But here's the deal. You cannot go above $6,000 if you're below age 50 or $7,000 if you're 50 or older. And let me talk about that 50 or older. We just had this question this week, somebody who turns 50 in December. So if you don't turn 50 until December 31st, it's okay. You still get to contribute $7,000 because it's based on the calendar year. You don't have to be 50 yet. You just have to be 50 in the year that you're contributing $7,000. And you can only contribute earned income when it comes to an IRA or Roth IRA. So you must have enough earned income to cover your contribution to an IRA. Now, I guess you could do the spousal contribution if you are yes. if you're married to someone who has plenty of earned income, you can make a spousal contribution, but I think you also run into problems when you're trying to contribute for for young people that maybe have a part-time job if they right. have not made $6,000, then they can't contribute $6,000 to their IRA or their Roth IRA. And sometimes we'll have, this is very common, we have parents who want to make a contribution for the children, and we have to ask, does your child have earned income? And yes. if they do, then yeah, it doesn't have to be their money that goes into it. It can be yours, but they have to be able to show that earned income. I'll use Bethany as an example. She's she's 14, and she worked here at GenWealth last summer just for a little period of time after she turned 14 and before school started. And so she only earned a little over a thousand dollars last year. Well, we waited until we got you know the details on how much she earned for the calendar year, and then early this year we did a prior year contribution for her and just contributed a thousand. If we had done it beforehand, we might have put too much in there for her. Well, if you do go over the the limit and and you are subject to an excess contribution, the good news is there's a way to undo it. You can yeah. withdraw the excess contribution 
and any earnings on it before the April tax deadline, April tax deadline being the normal tax the, deadline. The May for, deadline this year. The May yeah. deadline this year, exactly. But if you're already filed your tax return, you can remove the excess contribution and then file an amended return uh, to get everything squared away by the October deadline. And you can apply the excess contribution to next year's contribution if you'd like to. You still pay the 6% penalty this year, but you'll be set going forward. Or you can withdraw the excess contribution next year by December 31st, and you'll pay the penalty for two years and then move on. So, you know, it's it's not, Scott, as I was saying earlier in the show, uh, these things are not death, but they're just no, uh, avoid, a nuisance that you'd like to avoid. Yeah, and let's kind of talk a little bit about the limits. We, we talked a, briefly uh, about, uh, at the start, you talked about the income limits for a Roth IRA. You right. talked about if uh, earned income exceeds a certain amount, uh, it's a little lower if you're single, but it's a little more if you're married filing joint. Uh, on your tax return that you are ineligible at all. Uh, right. Eventually, sun, sun sets out and you cannot at least directly uh, contribute to a Roth IRA. Now, there's something called a backdoor Roth IRA. If, if, you, if you don't have any other traditional IRA money, you can actually contribute to a traditional IRA and then immediately convert it. Uh, that's kind of a little bit off topic, but if you want to learn more about that, we can help you uh, learn more about that as well. But I think the other part of that that I want to touch on before we move on is you, you mentioned the, the spousal part of that. Because yes. I think a lot of times we have somebody, we'll have a, a couple in our office that want to really start ramping up their retirement contributions and they want to open, let's say, a Roth IRA. And when they hear that you can only put $6,000 in annually, that limits them. But if you're married, filing jointly once again, and the spouse doesn't have any earned income, it's okay. She does because you're right. filing jointly. You could actually put two Roth IRAs in place and get $12,000 annually into those accounts. So there's a lot to work through there, uh, but there are limits and there could be penalties if you exceed those limits. All right. So now we're going to move one. As John said, it may not be that costly. You can work around it. You can back out of it. Here's one that you really get could really be detrimental in retirement. We've yeah, talked about clobber you. Yeah, the first half of this segment was about putting money into accounts for retirement. This part is about taking money out in retirement, and that uh, involves an RMD. Now, many people now know what that means. It's we've talked about it many times on this show recently because of all the changes to the ages uh, that require it. But it is a required minimum distribution. Used to be seventy and a half. They've changed it to 72. Now yep. they're talking about moving it from 72 up to 75. That right. hasn't happened yet. Right now it's still 72. Uh, but if you don't start taking the required minimum distribution at your appropriate age, John, it can cost you big. Well, if you take a look at, at what the law says, the law says the penalty is 50% of what you should have taken out. Now, that penalty does not include the tax that was owed on that. So let's just say that you you had to take out a, a $10,000 uh, required minimum distribution from your IRA, but you blew it. You missed it. So the penalty is $5,000 alone. And then you apply the tax to the $10,000 that you should have taken out, which would be you know somewhere around $3,000 or right. so. And so now you're looking at almost all of that required yeah. minimum distribution going to the government in the form of either a penalty or or a tax. It is incredibly onerous. And this happens at a time kind of like what we referenced earlier on Medicare, but this is even farther along in life. Um, some people are still cognitively just completely on it and others are not. And so if you're looking at ages 72 and beyond, it, it gets to a point where there's a risk of you just accidentally not taking it because you weren't aware that you had to. So it's very important to understand ahead of time the distribution requirements that you have and to work with somebody who's going to facilitate that process. That's something, guys, that we do really all year. It's part of our annual review process. Even if we're meeting with you in January, we're touching base on that. But by the end of the calendar year, our team has done a review across, you know, everybody who is required to take a minimum distribution and looked at whether or not that is satisfied. It's it's very important. There is legislation, as you referenced, Scott, moving through Congress right now to move the required minimum distribution from age 72 up to age 75 and they're going to actually do that it looks like in phases of course nothing's ever settled until the the law is signed by the president but 
they, if they do that, then there's going to be some changes there. And I hear that there's also looking at some changes to reduce this penalty because uh, a lot of congressmen are going, you know, that's just that that's onerous. It's yeah. way too much. And so uh, some things there that, uh, to be aware of coming down the pike. And we'll keep you up to date on that as we get more information as that legislation moves through. One difference here between traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs, because the Roth IRA money has already been taxed at the beginning when you put that in, you do not have a required minimum distribution on your Roth IRA. However, when that gets inherited and goes to the next generation, it is going to have a required minimum distribution at that point. It's not taxable, but they still have to take it out and get that distribution satisfied. Yeah, and that has changed the way those rules work, too. It's been a lot of change in the retirement account world in the last couple of years. The SECURE Act changed the way your heirs inherit that uh, money and have to take it out, both traditional IRA and uh, Roth IRAs. We talked in depth about that a couple of weeks ago. And if you missed out, there are a couple of ways you can find more about that. You can go to our website and uh, the link to show notes. Anywhere you find your podcast, just search for the Get Ready for the Future show. And on our social media, you can find a link to that uh, broadcast. I'm going to tell you on the other side of the break, ran out of time and can't do it now. We've got to take a break, but we're going to tell you about an upcoming workshop in the Conway area and continue talking through some penalties that you can avoid and they can make a major impact on your financial future. We'll be right back. Nobody likes those yellow flags in football, those penalties that back you up. That can happen in your retirement journey as well. And we are talking today about avoiding them. We talked about the mistakes you could make with Social Security, with Medicare, and in the last segment, excessive contributions to retirement accounts or not getting the required minimum distribution right. Complexity, that is the rule of the day when it comes to retirement. And uh, we here at GenWealth help our clients walk through that complexity, cut through the confusion, and create a clear plan for retirement. And we also are all about education. And we are very excited to announce that the in-person workshop is returning uh, to yes. Genwell. We, we, we have missed this. And I'm, the webinars are great. And, and I know it's a very easy, relaxed way for somebody to join in there at home. They can just pull it up on the internet and watch it. And we're going to continue, I think, to do those. But we want to get back and, and meet people face to face. And we are starting in Conway. We've got a Conway workshop coming up called Five Ways Modern Grave Robbers Hurt Your Family. Now, that, that's not a... Modern Grave Robbers. That's yes. not a teaser. That's not a great headline. I don't know what is. It's at 630 at the Conway Expo and Events Center coming up on... June I 3rd. I'm glad you said that because the date wasn't here. You can visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash events or call 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526 to register for free and Janet a little more insight on what that that headline means modern grave robbers hurt so, your family so i have to give credit on this amazing uh headliner here to actually chris rippy the attorney who's going to be joining us this evening this is something that he has done in years past and it is ways that things don't go as planned after you've passed away and there truly are modern, modern day grave robbers and so that evening we'll go through together and he will talk about the estate planning aspect of it and i'm going to tell you I know estate planning sounds like it might be boring. Trust me, it's not. We will talk about stories of families literally fighting over where dad's body is going to be buried while they're in the courthouse on one side of the street and dad's body is at the church on the other side of the street at that point waiting for the service to occur. So just real life, true stories. We're going to let you ask your questions. He'll cover, like I said, the legal aspect of it and really do some solid education on that. And then I will tie in on the financial side because these two in our opinions, are inseparable. Your finances and your estate planning have to go together, and they will go together whether you mean for them to or not. It's going to be something that works very uh, very well together or very poorly together if you don't address it. And and I've got to say that I am so excited that our team is is going to be able to get back and see you in person. This is something that uh, I feel almost like uh, I hear the the musicians talk about that it's been so long since they've been in front of a crowd that uh, it, it that is, there's just no uh, substitute for that. So, look, if you're if you're going out to eat these days, 
it's okay to come to this workshop. It, yes. We're going to be, you know, in a in a facility where the food's going to be brought in. Uh, everything is going to be clean and sanitized. And so it'll be a great opportunity for you to get out and enjoy uh, real life again. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, if, if you've been comfortable going out to eat, then there's nothing different really about attending this workshop. And we are looking forward to actually seeing people, you know, face-to-face and not looking at a camera when we're doing one of these events. So. <laughs> Come on out and join join us June 3rd at uh, the Conway Expo and Events Center at 6.30 p.m. And all you have to do to join us is go to GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash events, and you can sign up there. Or you can give us a call at our toll-free number, 866-653-7526. That's 866-653-PLAN to uh, get your attendance uh, recorded for Five Ways Modern Grave Robbers Hurt Your Family. All right, so our final penalty to avoid that can make a huge difference in your overall financial health is the early withdrawal penalty, and that's taking money out of your retirement account too soon. There's the magic number, we call it. There are a lot of magic numbers, I guess, in retirement, but (laughs) the the biggest one, I think, is 59 and a half. You've probably heard some reference to that and have some grasp of that number being a special moment. Well, it, it means a lot of different things, actually, but in this uh, discussion. It's about if you're before that age, if you're earlier than 59 and a half, and you take money out of a qualified plan, and that can include your 401k, uh, an, an IRA, a traditional IRA, whichever it is, a qualified retirement plan, that money again has gone in pre-tax and the government does not want you taking it out until the perceived retirement date of 59 and a half. I don't know what became so special about that year. <laughs> not 59, not 60, it's 59 and a half I actually have a client that has retired. He retired a year ago when he was 58 and a half, and we had to be very careful about where he was going to get his mm-hmm. distributions. Yeah. He left money in his 401k, and not to get too convoluted here, but if you leave money in the 401k and you actually retire, you don't get penalized. But anyway, we are holding his IRA money until he turns 59 and a half. It'll be June 18th when he does so we had to make sure we cleared that date before we started taking the withdrawals yeah you have to have uh, a, a road map and and you know magnifying glass and everything else <laughs> to work your way through all the complexity that is involved in uh, all these retirement rules and let me just say that don't go this alone don't yeah. try to do this by yourself because there are way too many issues way too many gotchas that can can trip you up and it might trip you up a small amount it might trip you up a big amount but you definitely don't want to go it alone this is part of what we do at gen wealth at that we call the ready to retire process uh, we help you to navigate around all of these penalties and and issues that that uh, could be a real problem for you in retirement that is a big part of how we actually structure a retirement income plan as scott was saying we left some money in, in a place that he could draw it penalty free and did not take it out of the ira in that client's individual situation and navigated around the 59 and a half penalty if you just go hey look i'm retired and i'm going to take money out of my ira you know lump it that's just the way it is then the government will catch up to you on this because they have all kinds of ways to monitor what's coming out of these retirement accounts and especially what age you are when it comes out well we didn't mention what the penalty was 10 percent. it's yeah. a 10 yeah. percent penalty if you take money out prematurely and i think it's also important to note that there are different types i said qualified plan i don't want to paint a brush across all retirement plans there because we do work with a lot of police officers teachers right they right. have access to retirement accounts janet that are not uh, going to be penalized because many of them do retire before 59 yeah they do they do have earlier access than what the law allows for for everybody else and so it's important to understand how your plan works and we can definitely look at that with you john you were talking about the importance of not going it alone on this because there are so mm-hmm. many details involved in the rules um, the studies have shown that an advisor can actually boost your retirement account savings by over 22 percent mm-hmm. let that sink in and do we get paid to do it yes there's there's a cost involved for you to do it, but I would say that the cost involved for you to do it is less than the cost to not do it, according to these studies. So when you talk about the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, we look at helping you on things like your Social Security strategy. I mean, if we can help you pick a plan that you don't know is even a possibility, but it pays you a few hundred dollars more per month, that's a game changer for you. We're also going to help you with an investment strategy. And I think, guys, the most important thing 
thing. And this really kind of pulls all the other aspects together, but it's creating an income plan Mm -hmm. overall. So it's going to include the investments that they have. It's going to include pension strategies as well and social security. There are so many aspects that really have to all be looked at together in one plan. Let me throw in here because we've talked about this on a couple of occasions on the show already, and that is inflation. Mm-hmm. I know Ryan Dietrich said he felt like that, that this was going to be kind of a, kind of a transitory thing with inflation. I've heard other investment analysts say that, you know, we could see three, four percent inflation for the next several years. And right. that, that is uh, that's really double what it's been in the past. And so you've got to have a strategy, even if we have moderate inflation, you've got to have a strategy in which you can increase your income year by year as you go through retirement. You've got to be able to keep up with the cost of living. That's part of the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. It's all provided to you on paper, on purpose, in a written plan that's personalized for you. You know, and I read an article just the other day that financial advisors are losing clients because they're not talking about income. They're wow. not talking about income. They're still t- focused on investments. And clients need that and want that and recognize yeah. that, especially when they're in the retirement red zone, John, and they're moving into the distribution phase. It's just not being addressed uh, industry-wide, and that's where we focus every day. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't know what those other guys are doing, but we're yeah. focused on income every day here at Gen Wealth. We send out millions of dollars of income checks mm-hmm. every month to our clients that have prepared for retirement. So it is time you hear the bell for final thoughts. Janet, we'll start with you. I, I, I'm going to circle back to the income. And when you're talking about advisors, some advisors not focusing on income, I got to say, even with all the knowledge that I have in the investment realm and the experience that I have as an advisor, if I were personally going to retire and I didn't have an income plan in front of me to show me how I was going to take that income and from what sources at what point, I would be terrified, mm. completely terrified, even with all that I know. So Get your plan on paper on purpose. Janet, I want to circle back to the Conway workshop. I I am so excited about in-person workshops. We're going to talk about it again. It is how modern grave robbers hurt your family. Five ways that modern grave robbers hurt your family. We're doing this in conjunction with the Rippy Law Firm in Conway. This is going to be at the Conway Event Center and Expo Center at 630 on June 3rd. You can sign up by going to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events or call us at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. Registration is absolutely free of charge, and you can uh, come and enjoy normal life coming to a Gen Wealth Academy workshop. Uh, Janet and uh, Chris Rippey will be presenting at that workshop. I'm going to end with that study that Janet referenced, that having an advisor rather than doing it yourself can boost your retirement savings over 22.6%. I think this show has illustrated that it's not just about the rate of return that it could boost. It is about the avoiding penalties and having a plan to prepare for what's coming in retirement. That's the value of an advisor. And if you don't have a plan on paper, on purpose, you can get one by going through the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. Just call us. Our toll-free number, 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526 to begin the relationship with an advisor. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And you can always find us on social media. Search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors on Facebook or on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. The Gen Wealth Financial team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501 653 7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC.